Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 4. I want to preach a sermon I've entitled Surviving the Storm. Hallelujah. Surviving the Storm out of the Word of God, the Mark. Chapter 4, we're going to begin reading in verse 35, this account of the disciples as they're following Jesus. The Bible says these words in Mark 4, 35. And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, this is Jesus, let us pass over to the other side. And when they, when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship. So that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on the pillow. And they awake him, and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Hallelujah. Surviving the storms of life. A storm is a weather event that we have no control over. Hallelujah. And this is a, <clears throat> the nature of life. Nature has a way of of showing man that uh, his true size, amen. Man thinks that he's uh, all of that, uh, and that he's uh, so puffed up in his ability. Yeah? But how many know weather? Oftentimes shows man just how helpless uh, he really is, amen. So we can forecast a storm is coming. We have great. Uh, Meteorological tools now where we can say next week at this time uh, this will be happening uh, and we can prognosticate that uh, and it very well comes true. But the reality is even though we know the storm is coming, uh, you and I have no power uh, to stop it because storms are, are the nature of life. Jesus as he's speaking to his generation, says these words in Matthew chapter 16. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. And what he's saying here is, listen, you have the ability to recognize that a storm is coming. You have that understanding. You can predict it, but what you can't do is you can't stop it. Hallelujah. We're talking about a nature event. This is one of the most humbling things for mankind, is despite all of his efforts, all of his fortification, all of his knowledge and building, he cannot control the storm. They try and control the weather, but they can't. 
there's still some who have this futuristic view of, of a city under a glass bubble uh, where man can control the environment inside of it. This is a fantasy. But yet some are trying to produce it. Because man wants control over storms. He wants to control that thing, but the Bible is telling you and I that this nature, this storm, is something that you and I simply cannot control. Man builds his structures. These buildings, and look at that, that's a tremendous building. But how many know, no matter how wonderful it looks, that the wind can destroy it? Amazing. Man's got all of his technology at work. He builds it all up there. And all it takes is a massive amount of wind and to wipe out everything that man has built. And this is humbling to man. I mean, think about how humbling this is. You've got your best materials there. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden is destroyed by something you can't even see. Something like the wind. Not even, a, you know, we're not talking about a huge boulder dropping. We're talking about wind that you can't even see. And yet it destroys what man has built. And it humbles man because he understands that though I can control many things in life, I cannot control the storms. The same is true in our spiritual life this morning. In the spiritual realm, there are storms that happen. And you and I have to understand that everyone will deal with the storm. Amen? When a hurricane blows through town, it doesn't discriminate on who it affects. It affects everybody. And this is the nature of the spiritual realm also. Amen. Storms will come and everyone will be affected. In our text in verse 35, it says, The same day when evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over and to the other side. The Bible says they get in the boat. And they get out there and they're on the way. And all of a sudden it says, a storm arises. Hallelujah. This storm was not sent by God. This is just one of those storms that blow through life from time to time. It's not because they're doing something wrong. It's not because they're living wickedly. They're following Jesus. Hallelujah. They've had their lives changed by Jesus Christ and they're following him, yet their lives are experiencing a storm. This is why the confessed and possessed doctrine is an abomination. Because what that doctrine says is as long as you have a right profession and confess it, you'll be blessed. It's all about blessing. That nothing bad is going to happen to your life because you know you you're serving God, but the reality is the scriptures tell us that these men are following Jesus. In fact, Jesus is in their boat. You can't get much closer than that. Hallelujah! He's in the boat. 
yet this storm affects their lives. Jesus in the boat with them, they're following him. The Bible says in verse uh, uh, 37, there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. This storm happens while they are following Jesus. And so, you know, the false doctrine of all life will be roses once you give your life to Jesus produces people who when they wind up in a storm begin to say, you know what, what is going on here? This should not be happening. I mean, I'm following Jesus. Why are these things still happening to my life? The Bible says it was a great storm. That word great means huge, large, mighty, and they were sore afraid. Here are people that are following Jesus, and a storm blows into their life. So we find a doctrinal truth in our text. We don't escape storms because we're in the boat with Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God we're in the boat. Thank God that Jesus is in the boat with us. But the Bible tells you and I, this does not exempt us from the storms of life. Hallelujah. Christianity does not exempt us from the storm. Hallelujah. If you take time to read the book of Acts... You'll see that as these men and women were following Jesus, they had all types of storms hit their life. Amen. See, the confessing and possessing doctrine would not work because the reality of the storm is that it happens even when we're following Jesus. Say, well, why should I get saved if I'm still going to have storms? Because listen, you and I are simply pilgrims passing through. We're not going to live here for eternity. And you weather the storms in this life. There's an eternal reward in heaven. Hallelujah. So I've seen people throughout the years. They give their life to Jesus. They're following him. And they experience storms in their life. And because they have not had a proper grounding in the word of God. They begin to leave off serving God. Because they say why has this happened to me? Why is this storm hitting my life? I thought God was good. I thought serving God would make everything alright. Because they have a wrong understanding. They think the storm is not supposed to touch them. But here's the disciples of Jesus. He's in their boat. He this 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 boat ride was his idea, and yet they find themselves in a tremendous and challenging time of their life. And I've seen people when the storm hits. Their lives are turned upside down and they can't even imagine why is this happening? 
and they throw in the towel. There's many Christians who are not given the full gospel message. And because of that, they're not equipped to make it through the storms of life. Salvation means that we're going to win in eternity. It doesn't mean that we won't have any storms on the way there. Hallelujah. They're riding with Jesus. And they ride into a storm. That's, that's instructive to you and I this morning. We're riding with Jesus. He's in the boat. Thank God. But storms are the nature of life. So let's talk then about responding to life's storms. Responding to life's storms. Because this is needful. A man named Saul gets saved. We know him as Paul the Apostle. He was a religious man before he got saved. He was a persecutor of the Church of Jesus Christ. He meets the Lord on the road to Damascus. He gets saved. He starts following Jesus Christ. He's serving Jesus. He's laid down a religious life. And we, as he's serving Christ, Paul finds himself in a storm. See, because this is the nature of life. Storms will come. Acts chapter 27. Paul's account. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest. The next day they lighted the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope uh, that we should be saved was taken away. Paul is on his boat ride. It's like you and I, we're following Jesus. He's in the boat with us. Thank God for that. But Paul says, as I'm on this boat ride, a storm arises. Not because I'm living wickedly. Not because I'm doing something unrighteous. He's in the will of God. Yet a storm arises. And the Bible says that this boat is filled with people. And the only distinction between them is one is a believer in Jesus. The others are not. But yet everyone is experiencing the storm. They all find themselves in one of life's storms as the nature of life is today as we speak. As Christians in storms. There's sinners in storms. The nature of life. Doesn't mean we're doing something wrong. Doesn't mean we're unrighteous. It means that we're living in a world that is fallen. Storms will blow our way. So the only distinction of these people on the boat is that the believer and the unbeliever. 
talking about the response now in the storm. What is different is how they respond in the storm. Verse 19 of that text. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. So here the storm is persisting. It's gone on for days. It's dark. It appears hopeless. And the Bible says that they felt all hope was lost. And so they begin to take things and throw them overboard. Try to lighten the load. Well, maybe uh, if we lighten the load, the boat won't sink. So they're throwing over the even things are going to need if they survive the storm. We see this happening today. People dismantling their lives in the middle of a storm. We don't know how things are going to work out. Things are falling apart. And so they're throwing things overboard. They're dismantling. They're getting rid of things. The Bible says with their own hands. It is amazing how man is destroying his life today with his own hands. He says with their own hands they threw it out. Today with our own hands we're, we've thrown God out. With our own hands, we threw God out of school. With our own hands, we threw God out of the judicial system. With our own hands, we're throwing God out of the church. They're throwing overboard the things that they need, Paul says. They're throwing out the tackling, and our generation is throwing out what it needs, which is the very presence of God. With their own hands, we're throwing God out of our society. With our own hands, we're performing abortions. With our own hands, we're legalizing drugs. With our own hands, we're promoting immorality. We're throwing overboard the very things that make a society civil. Because man is in a storm, a spiritual storm. And he doesn't know how to preserve himself. And so his response is an insane response to throw things overboard that one day he's going to need. No society will survive without a God foundation. Ask the Babylonians. Ask the Romans, ask the Chaldeans, ask all of those pagan nations who rejected God, bowed before their idols, worshipped their deities that are not deities at all. Today, they exist not because they threw out God out of their conscience. And the Bible says God gave them over to a reprobate mind. And our society is moving in that direction. Yes, we're in a storm. 
But our response in the storm makes the difference. They are throwing things overboard. The Bible shows you and I contrast in these storms. Verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appear, no small tempest lay on us. All hope was lost. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Here's a crucial point. When people feel there is no hope, they make drastic decisions. This is what the devil likes to do. To move you and I into a storm and then take away hope that we're ever going to survive it. Oh, can't you hear the voice of hell speaking to these men? That's it, boys. You're going down. You're not going to survive. It's all over now. When all hope is taken away, people do insane things. Hear stories about on the Titanic. As the boat is going down, that men were trampling over women and children to get on the lifeboats themselves. Because when hope is taken away, people come unglued and do strange things. The scripture says all hope was taken. This is the enemy's ploy to get you and I in a storm and then rob our hope. Because people without hope do strange things. The contrast that we see now between the believer and the unbeliever. This is the this is the dividing line. Hope. One of the things our world lacks is hope. People have money, they have position, they have prestige, but they lack hope. And because they lack hope, they live reckless lives. While these men are throwing things overboard, the things they're going to need with their own hands, Paul has a different response. Paul is not throwing things overboard, but Paul is laying a hold of God. Hallelujah. Christians don't throw in their principles, their morals, because they're in a storm. That's what the world does. Well, my life is falling apart, so what good is it to go to church? I've been asking God, this has a, and so what good is it to follow the Bible? But Paul, as everybody is throwing things away, Paul is laying a hold of God. Paul is maintaining his stance of the gospel. Paul is laying a hold because he has hope, but all others have lost theirs. That's a distinction. 
sinners, their hope is in the ability of man, but as they look at man, and his, his ability is failing. Our society is failing. Amen. You look around, it's failing. What hope do people have? And so Paul, as he's looking at the situation, he says, you know what? <clears throat> My trust is not in the captain, not in the vessel, not in the crew. My trust is in Jesus. And though his life is in just as much turmoil as their life, he is not running around and throwing away his principles. Oh, he's not changing his doctrine. Hallelujah. I mean, some people change their doctrine in the storm. The church during the storm is sitting right now. Many are changing their doctrine. They're throwing overboard righteousness and holiness and sanctification. But Paul says, no, I'm not going to do that. My hope is not lost. My hope is in Christ Jesus. As Christians, the last thing we want to do in life in the storm is throw away things we're going to need. Don't throw away your prayer. Don't throw away your faithfulness. Don't throw away your commitment. Don't throw away your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. You're going to need those things. Those things will preserve you. Paul's response, Acts chapter 7, verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Crete and have gained this harm and loss. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer. But there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. But there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, and whom I serve. This gives us insight into how Paul is handling the storm. Everyone else <clears throat> freaking out, throwing away valuable things. Paul is in the secret place, laying hold of God. His hope is not deterred. And as he's laying a hold of God in the middle of this tremendous storm, the scriptures tell you and I that as he's doing that, Paul gets a visitation. Hallelujah. All glory to God. Isn't it good that when your life is in a storm, you get a visitation from God? And Paul says, I got a divine messenger. And he arrived in the middle of my storm. When the boat was rocking and rolling. When the wind was raging. When everything was coming unglued. I got a divine visitation from God. And the word he spoke to me was. Hey Paul fear not. Oh glory to God. He said, he stood by me, amen, and he told me, be of good cheer. What? In the middle of a storm? 
The boat's about to go down and God says, Paul, fear not. Be of good cheer. Oh, that's the God we serve this morning. God is not deterred by the storm. God is, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know how I'm going to fix it. I didn't know you were going to be in a storm like this, son. He said, Paul, fear not. Fear not, not only fear not, but be of good cheer. In the middle of your storm. No doubt these men are looking at Paul. They're running around, throwing everything off. And here's this guy, Paul. He's laying a hold of God. How come he's not freaking out, man? How come he's not helping us throw things overboard? Why is he so calm? Why does he have gravity in his life? How come he's not losing it like everybody else? Because Paul is in the secret place. He's laying a hold of God. And the Bible says, because of this response, God says, I like that. <laughs> I like it when my people don't get freaked out in the storm of life. I like it when my people don't give in to the voice of fear that says it's all over for you. I like it when my people will lay a hold of me and not cast away things they're going to need. I like that and I'm going to visit that response. Now to tell us something. Stop getting crazy in the storm. Stop freaking out. Stop throwing away things in the storm of your life. But lay a hold of God. And Paul is telling these men, listen, while you're going crazy and throwing everything away, I was laying a hold of God and he visited me and he told me, fear not. Be of good cheer. He said, it stood by me. How many know God will stand by us in the storm? Thank God he'll stand by us in the storm. See, our, our Christianity is not tested on Sunday. Our Christianity is not tested on Sunday in church. Our Christianity is tested on Monday in the storm of life. Hallelujah. That's when it's tested. That's when God's going to look at your response. We got to go to work on Monday and deal with your demon boss. <laughs> we got to get up on Monday and deal with your unsaved neighbors. When that storm starts blowing through your life, then God is watching how you're going to respond in the storm of your life. You're going to start throwing things overboard or you're going to get in the secret place and lay a hold of me and get a visitation for your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Paul, instead of throwing things overboard, Paul dropped an anchor. In a storm, in a boat, which he's an anchor. They're, they're throwing things over, but I'm dropping an anchor, friend. An anchor will hold you in place. Glory to God. An anchor is described as usually a metal, uh, uh, usually a metal attached device to a ship by a cable. It is cast overboard to hold it in a particular place. It has flukes on it that dig in to the bottom. They're throwing things overboard. Paul is throwing over an anchor. 
just as Magda would go down to the bottom and dig into the sand and hold that boat in a particular location. That's what God does. When you and I will have a right response, Paul says, I'm going to drop the anchor called Jesus. Hallelujah. And that anchor went down and it dug in and it hold Paul up in a place of, of reality that you're not alone, Paul. Oh, you're not alone. I see you in the storm of your life. I want you to understand. Fear not. Be of good cheer. I've come to visit you in the midst of all that you're going through. Paul says, I've got an anchor. Got an anchor. Ephesians chapter 4. Excuse me, Ephesians, excuse me, Hebrews uh, chapter 6, verse 19. Hebrews 6, 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth in that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Bible says that you and I have an anchor. It is sure. It is steadfast. That anchor is Jesus Christ. And the Bible is telling you and I that in the storm of life, the only control we have is to drop an anchor. And that anchor is Jesus. And it goes on to say that Jesus it's just like that high priest Melchizedek that Abraham tied to. We don't know where he came from. We don't know where he went. But he was there and Abraham tied. He said, that's Jesus. He's the anchor of my soul. And in the storm of my life, my response is, I've got to drop an anchor. Hallelujah. I've got to drop an anchor. Ephesians 4.14 That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with all wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. The Bible says we need to have an anchor. Because if we don't the enemy will deceive us into throwing away things that we're going to need. Paul says, I got into the secret place at the height of the storm of my life. When everything was going crazy, when everybody around me was going crazy, I mean, sometimes. Even the people we go to church would get kind of crazy. They start talking about crazy stuff. Well, you know, I know what the pastor said, but I, I'm going to do it this way. I, I, I'm going to begin to throw some things over, but and everybody around Paul is getting crazy. And Paul said, what I did was, uh, while they're throwing overboard things, I dropped an anchor. And it brought me a, a visitation to where I was not able to be deceived in the storm. Lots of people get deceived in the storm. 
convinced, listen, convinced that all hope is lost. And that's when people do crazy things. We've all seen it. So why did, how can they do that? How can they make that decision? It's the storm. There's, there's a hopelessness. That God's not going to get them through it. And so it's all about self-preservation now. Bible says we have an anchor. Let's look finally at trusting Jesus in the storm. Because this is the defining factor, if you will, in the storm. We must trust Jesus in the storm of life. And who we trust will be declared by our response. See, we can say all day long, I'm trusting Jesus. But if you're saying that, but you're throwing overboard things that you shouldn't, then you're not really trusting Jesus. Your actions will declare that you're trusting Jesus in the storm of your life. In our scripture, we sit in Acts chapter 27, verse 24. Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe it shall be even as it was told me. Paul is telling these men, I got a visitation from my God. God spoke a word to me. And he said, Paul, I'm going to get you through this. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to get you through this. How many know that's the word we need from God? Oh, your boat is rocking and rolling. It's filled with water. It's in danger of going down. But Paul... I'm going to get you through this. And Paul says these powerful words. For I believe God. That it shall be even. As it was told me. That's a man who's saying. I'm trusting Jesus. In the storm. Of my life. Your actions will declare. Who you're trusting. When God looks down, he'll be able to see, you know what? That brother, that sister is trusting me. I can tell by their response. Paul tells these men, I believe God. I know it might look like we're not going to make it. Hallelujah. Sometimes it looks that way. I know it feels like we're not going to make it. I know it looks impossible, but I'm choosing to believe what God has told me. All glory to God. See, too many people choose to believe the lie of the devil in the storm. It was just all over for you. (laughs) You're going down, bro. Hey, hope you got a life jacket because your boat's going to sink. Oh, 
all you need to listen. You need to throw away all that stuff because it's weighing you down. Ain't gonna help you in it. And they, they're trusting and they're deceived by a lie. Paul says, in the midst of this doing devil, I believe it's gonna be just the way that God told me. Hallelujah. Oh, we're talking about an anchor. That when your life is upside down, you can still stand up and say, I believe it's going to be the way that God said it's going to be. Hallelujah. See, Jesus won't keep us from the storms, but he'll keep us through the storms. This has always been God's testimony with his people. John chapter 17. It's a prayer that Jesus uh, made Concerning you and I. John 17 verse 15. And I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. But that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy thy word is truth. Here's a prayer that Jesus prays it. Let's be honest. You know, we wish he had prayed it a little bit differently, right? He prays and says, I pray that thou shouldest not take them out of the world, but thou should keep them. Wait, wait, wait. Jesus, can we, can we rephrase that? I don't, I just prayed, Father, I pray that you take them out now that I've saved them. Take them home. That's the way we want to pray. But he says these words, I'm not asking you to keep them from the storms of life. They're going to go through it. But Lord, but I, I'm going to keep them in, amen, through all of the things they're going to suffer in this world. Jesus didn't promise to keep us from the storm. But oh friend, he promised to be in the boat with us. Can you say amen? And Paul had that revelation. We're not going to escape the storms. Christianity is not a silver bullet. It exempts you from the things that happen in life. Storms affect everyone. The truth is Jesus will get us through the storm. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. He's, listen, he's the only anchor that will hold Man for generations has trusted his philosophies. He's thrown out the anchor of his philosophies. There, that'll hold us. <laughs> Yet society drifts further and further away. Man comes up with a new philosophy. Yeah, that'll hold us. They drop that, and man's still drifting further and further from God. But those who drop the anchor called Christ. Oh, glory to God. Those who dropped the anchor called Jesus are still located in the same place. You and I are anchored to the same place Paul was anchored. Hallelujah. You and I are anchored to that same spot, that same anchor, that same reference point. That is where you and I are located. 
the same place the first Christians were anchored as where we are anchored because we're using the same anchor, which is Christ. Powerful. You and I have trusted Jesus in the storm. See, the end result of that is that Paul, listen, Paul got through that storm. <laughs> it looked hopeless. It looked impossible. But Paul said, I've chosen to trust God. I'm not going to pull up my anchor. I'm not going to go adrift in the insanity of this world. I'm going to believe that God is, is going to be just like God told me. What did God tell us? Says he that endures to the end shall be saved. In other words, he that stays anchored at the chorus of the song, anchored in Jesus. I'm anchored in Jesus. The storms of life I'll brave. I'm anchored in Jesus. I'll fear no window wave. I'm anchored in Jesus, for he has power to save. I'm anchored in the rock. Of ages. So you and I need to stay anchored this morning. And the storms of life rage from time to time. But our only hope is a sure anchor. And the only anchor that is tested lasted throughout all of time is Jesus. Many quote unquote holy men have convinced people that they're the anchor. And people have dropped those anchors in. And today they're still adrift. Because those they followed are dead into the grave. You can dig their bones up. But our anchor is located in heaven. It is a sure anchor. It holds in the midst of the worst storms of life. If you and I will keep that anchor. When it's all said and done, we'll hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of the Lord. Why? Not because you're perfect. Not because you did everything right. But because you dropped an anchor and you said, I'm going to believe God that it will be just the way he said it would be. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed for just a moment in the presence of God. We want to talk for a moment about the storms of life. Sin is a storm. Sin affects everyone. It, It touches every life. And maybe there's a storm blowing through your life right now. And you have lost hope. I want to tell you this morning that there's an anchor you can drop. Don't throw overboard things you're going to need. No, drop the anchor called Jesus Christ. The storm of your life. Because I'm telling you, God will show up and tell you, fear not. Be of good cheer. You're going to get through this. Maybe some bondage. 
Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a spiritual wound on your heart. Let me tell you something. Jesus can help you through the storm. Well, heads about our eyes are closed this morning. You're not a Christian. You don't know when you're going to spend eternity. Or maybe you're backslidden. You've pulled up the anchor and you're drift. Whatever the case may be, today is the day to drop the anchor called Christ. To call on the name of Jesus. I wonder how many there would be that would say, God, I'm in a storm. My life is tossed to and fro. I have no real direction. But I need an anchor in my soul. And I want to call on the name of Jesus today. If that's you, you signify that decision by lifting your head and saying, God, here I am. I want an anchor. I want Jesus in my life. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. You're tired of being adrift and I want you to repeat this prayer of faith to receive Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I'm a sinner and that I've sinned against you, God. But I repent of that sin and I call on the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. And setting me free. I receive you as my personal Savior. And my Lord. In Jesus name. Amen. Oh thank God for that tonight. The Bible says when you pray that prayer. Your sins are forgiven. Cast as far as the east from the west. And today is the first day of your life in Jesus. Oh hallelujah. We're going to take a moment. Open the altar this morning for prayer. If you receive Jesus, you take a moment. You get down before him and you say, oh God, this is what I need in my storm, God. I've lost hope. I need you restored, God. Lord, my heart has been broken. Lord, can you restore it? Lord, I need vision. I need purpose. Hallelujah.